Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. We're midway through 2017, so we're going to check in with the notable and major Bollywood releases thus far. Did Raiz leave us raving? Is Badrinath Kitalhania as bad as everyone says it is? Does Tublay rescue a so far lackluster year? Listen now to find out the answer to all these questions and even more. Uh, welcome back, lovers. It is our annual mid-year review episode. This is a doozy, Matt. This is a big episode. Yeah, we're recording it on the day off we got from work because yeah. of Canada Day. So mm-hmm. happy 150th birthday, Canada. Happy 15,000th birthday uh, to the indigenous peoples of this country. Yes. Um and yeah, lots of celebrations and things happening this weekend, but uh, your favorite movie podcasters are sitting in their dark house and recording. <laughs> yeah, we're, and we're a little sick, so I'm pretty stuff up, um, so I don't know if you'll hear that in my voice, but if you do, I apologize. And, and you got a bit of a cough, Matt? Uh, I don't have so much of a cough as a self-inflicted wound <laughs> okay. from yesterday. Okay. Um... Yeah, so I'm certainly not at my best for no fault of my own, mm-hmm. um, but that's okay. Although it does, it, man, it, it's the worst to get sick over like a holiday long weekend in the middle of the summer. Like, yeah. why? It's why? a real drag. Um, Before yeah. we get into it, uh, I have some news. Oh, sure. My mother listened to our most recent episode, Matt. Mm, the gauntlet uh, has been thrown down, I've heard. <laughs> yes, my my older brother uh, shared it with her on a road trip. And uh, she heard us talk about her and say, that, you know, she didn't like airlift, so we weren't sure if she was going to like Talvar. And she's taken the ta- challenge. She's mm. not only going to watch Talvar... And let us know what she thinks. She's also watching Dilda Dakinado. Wow. <laughs> so Those she, are two really good choices. Yeah, well, and she chose them. Yeah. So uh, we'll see what she thinks. But uh, I want to apologize <laughs> to my parents if they felt in any way I threw them under the bus. Yeah. It was not my intention. Uh, well, what did she think of the show otherwise, though? Um, she thinks it's great. Um, she had some feedback on sound quality, which which was is always good to hear. Yeah. Uh, and you potentially swear a bit too much. But she said I was funny though. You are funny. Yes. Yeah. Oh, and I cut you off too much, so I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that. Good. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So we have a lot of movies to talk about in this episode. We're gonna go through them pretty quickly. It's gonna be lightning round style. Yeah. I've seen them all. You've seen a handful of them. I tend to do all the vetting and watch the movies beforehand, and you tend to catch up later. Yeah, it's um, a little bit tougher. Sometimes I'm waiting to see when they come on streaming services, because mm-hmm. as you know, not everything comes out in theaters here. Or even if it does, there's only the one theater we have. Yeah. So it's about a 45, 50 minute uh, drive away or mm-hmm. train ride for us to get there. Yeah. Uh, it's on the way on the north side of our city, which is... We're considering most of the uh, South Asian people live on the South Side, but uh, yeah, it's, it's t- sometimes tough for us to see these in theaters. But uh, yeah. you know, you're able to do it, and um, you know, I'm I'm able to catch up a little bit later on. But exactly. luckily, all the streaming services do pick things up relatively quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's a few here uh, that you haven't seen yet that mm-hmm. are available, so maybe I can pique your interest. Maybe not. Yeah, you'll let me know if it's worth uh, checking out. Yeah. So, first film, first notable film to uh, come out 
in 2017 was Okay Janu, mm-hmm. directed by Shad Ali, starring Aditya Roy Kapoor, Shraddha Kapoor, Narizuddin Shah, and Leela Sampson. It's based on Manny Ratman's Okay Kamani, mm-hmm. which was a Tamil film that was extremely well received, um, which featured music by A.R. Rahman, and this version also features music by A.R. Rahman. You've seen this one, Matt. What's your, what's your, uh, what's your take? Well, um, there was a lot of people worried that this uh, remake of a class, uh, like a very well-received South Indian film was going to lose what made it uh, special and kind of commodify it, I guess. Mm -hmm. It's a love story between a a video game designer (laughs) and Shraddha Kapoor. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I don't remember, what was her job exactly? She's like an architect. Yeah, she yeah. she works at one of those offices that you only see in movies where it's like, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you can leave whenever you want and it's an open <laughs> plan and you have like a kindly boss who, you know, go have your uh, love affair. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's about, I did hear Roy Kapoor and Shraddha Kapoor um, play a couple who, you know, have a live-in relationship. And they live with Nerezuddin Shah and Leela Sampson, who play an older couple. So it has a very kind of, like, I guess, Nicholas Sparks aspect to it, where it's like... Generational. Yeah, the older couple teach the younger couple how to love. Mm-hmm. And I would say, with the exception of the performances from Nerezuddin Shah and Leela Sampson, I didn't really connect with this film, like, at all. And I think... Yeah. Aditi Roy Kapoor and Shraddha Kapoor just really don't excite me as performers. I just they do nothing for me. I exactly. know that they're extremely popular. People, like, on Twitter. Popular? A lot of people on Twitter okay. just say, like, oh, really like that Aditi Roy Kapoor. He's a handsome dude. Um, Shraddha Kapoor, I don't think she has quite the fan base. But I think a lot of people like him. And well, apart, I from Yejo- apart from Yejwani Hai Divani, I mean, there's not a lot of films that I like the guy in. Yeah, you haven't seen Dewadi Ish. I haven't seen Dewadi Ish, but I, you know, he didn't do much for me in Guzarish and. Uh, um, right. Yeah, and and we turned off Action Replay. <laughs> Action Replay was hideous. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible film, and uh, you saw Fatour. I haven't seen Fatour. Yeah, I have. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, he doesn't. He's not like a standout performer. I think in anything I've seen him in, nor is Shraddha Kapoor. I know her movies do very well. Um, I think because she's like very B-list and so they're kind of made for less money and then they end up just kind of having legs at the box office. She money balls it. Yeah, exactly. Um, But, you know, putting these two on screen together, I think if they were playing off someone who's a bit more dynamic, mm-hmm. um, then this could have worked. You know, Maybe whether... Nawazuddin Siddiqui could be in this movie, like he was in every <laughs> other film this year. Maybe. Um, whether it's the There's male... no dramatic tension. No, there isn't. No, yeah. it's... Yeah, it's... The, the, it gets a little bit interesting later on where they find themselves in a situation where, you know, they're a little stressed out. Yeah. And they start kind of bouncing off each other. And had the whole movie been, you know, pitched at that level... Might be a little exhausting, but at least there's things happening. Yeah. Rather than, oh, should I move to? Should I move to uh, Paris? Uh, Paris? Should I move to San Francisco? Mm, I don't know. It reminded me of Love Ash Call in that sense of you know these partly because one is an architect. Mm-hmm. Um, I this, think even going to that same uh, building that's yeah. being reconstructed, right? Yeah. Of this sense of like this couple who clearly wants to be together but also wants to work on their careers. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, and also that kind of generational thing. And I think Mm -hmm. Love, 
Ash Call, which is a very different feel, but it just did it better. And Topeka Patacone and Saif Ali Khan are just more dynamic performers. Yeah. So, I mean, that that yeah. had the sort of. Uh, not time travel, but the different uh, eras that was interesting. You could see social yeah. mores changing, costumes and stuff. So, yeah. Um, okay, Janu, though. I don't know. All right. Well, what do we have next? Uh, I will say that the uh, the uh, special effects used to make the, the video game come to life, <laughs> I mean, I think they, they looked better than I thought they would. Oh, but this video game, like, it's thinly veiled... Yeah. Roy Kapoor himself. Oh, yeah, it, it's it's in the good. grand it tradition. So self-indulgent. It's in the grand tradition of Tron and other video games yeah. where the person who makes a video game puts themselves in as an avatar. Uh, uh, potentially, the best version of these is Ron. Well, and also he pitches like this silly idea, and then his video game design designing boss, who seems to know nothing about video game design, mm-hmm. is just like, "I love it. You have this many weeks to make a trailer." And then apparently, like the LA offices or the San Francisco offices think it's great. Yeah, and they I also don't... put the the boss in as one of the two heads of the bad guy, and yeah. what otherwise seemed like a regular. It was. Just kind of dumb. I don't yeah. know. Knowing people who Give actually make video games for a living, all yeah. of that. They don't finish them in five weeks, that's for sure. Okay, Matt, what's next? So next up we had Cobble, directed by Sanjay Gupta, starring Rithik Roshan, Yanni Gautam, Ro- Ronit Roy, and Rohit Roy. Yes, the two brothers. Yeah. Uh, I've seen this. This is the one that's kind of like Daredevil, It right? is kind of like Daredevil, yes. Um, so it's a revenge narrative. Rithik Roshan and Yami Gautam play a couple who are blind. They meet, they fall in love, they have, you know, storybook romance, and then everything comes crashing down when Yami Gautam is uh, sexually assaulted mm-hmm. um, by some local thugs in their neighborhood. As per usual, rampaging gangs of hooligans yes. ruin an otherwise, you know, okay love story. Yeah. And Rithik Roshan then goes on a, you know, quest of revenge to bring these people down and those protecting them. Because, of course, you know, these hooligans have political connections that are protecting them. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a solid, kind of straightforward revenge thriller. Uh, Rithik Roshan's pretty good in it. Does he ever knock out the lights in a room and then beat people up in the dark? Because if you're a blind fighter person, that's like your go-to move. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's some of that. The action's pretty good. So, yeah, it's it's serviceable, you know. And it was kind of early on in the year, I was surprised that this is one of the only things that I really liked for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I had very low expectations going into it. I don't think Rithik Roshan has been, like, on a streak by any means. Well, yeah, Mahendra Daro was the last <laughs> thing he did, and that was kind of a disaster. Well, exactly. And so I've... You know, Pun but, not intended, actually. There was a disaster in the film, but also it was, you know, not well received otherwise. Yeah, so I've been kind of hesitant about new Rithik Roshan projects just because it doesn't seem like he has that mojo that he used to. That being mm-hmm. said, I thought this was really good. I yeah, it's a it's a decent revenge thriller. It's you know it it has good payoff. I do kind of hate what they do with Yami Gotham's character, who yeah. like has to be. The victim, yeah, and I don't want to quite say everything that happens. Like, to her, how come? How come? How come she's not going out and kicking these guys' asses? Because she's so broken and ashamed from you know mm. what's been done to her, and I just—I mean, I just wish that in this revenge film that the only woman wasn't um, so victimized. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, I wish that potentially we could show a more balanced portrayal of. 
like the gender roles here are just very, very typical. You, you know, you have the man who rages revenge, you know, he's filled with rage and the woman who, um, is filled with shame and, and, uh, and can't move past that. So, you know, why, well, I'm not trying to say that she doesn't have potentially a natural or realistic, um, reaction to the assault. Um, I just wish that she wasn't the only woman in the film to balance out kind of some of the gender representation. So you would like to see a Bollywood adaptation of Paul Verhoeven's L. That would certainly be something. Man, I mean, between between OK Janu and uh, which has a L also has a, a like a video game yeah. uh, subplot subplot yeah um, and Cavill I, I could kind of see a Bollywood L yeah oh starring Sri Devi yeah do it <laughs> yeah yeah make it that would be that'd be something else if you've seen the movie L oh boy uh, Cavill came out um, opposite uh, another highly anticipated film Rais starring Shah Rukh Khan. This was directed by Rahul Dolakia. Uh, we've been looking forward to this one for a while. It was supposed to come out in 2016, at the very mm-hmm. end of 2016. It got delayed, came out at the beginning of 2017. Probably wanted to get out of the way of Dungal. Yeah. Which was oh, yeah. crushing it. Which is still crushing it. Yeah. Uh, so along with Shah Rukh Khan, it stars uh, Myra Khan, who is a Pakistani actress who... I've seen in Pakistani films, and I generally like. I think she's very good. Um, and Wazirin Siddiqui. Making his first and not only appearance on the list. Yeah. I have to say, Matt, this was disappointing. Yeah. I mean, it was it's kind of a cool era that it took place in. And I I like the idea that uh, Shah Rukh's like this thinking man's badass. Yeah. Uh, he's a uh, bootlegger in Gujarat. Which, uh, you're not allowed to sell liquor there, so he's importing it. And, you know, this, more than anything, this movie reminded me of Gunde, mm-hmm. but not as fun. No, no, like, it's this not one, as fun. It's, it's one of those films where you have a gangster who, apart from the fact that he's breaking the law, he's just a morally upstanding great person. Yeah. Um, he cares about people in his community, he's great to his uh, romantic partner, Mahir Khan. Um, he's... He's not doing anything completely detrimental. I mean, depending on your opinion on alcohol, I mean, I kind of think there's a lot worse stuff he could be importing. Mm-hmm. And it's like in Gunde, where they made their money um, stealing coal and selling it back. Like, they're, they're not doing anything, like, really bad. They're not selling heroin or yeah. something. And other than that, it's like a Robin Hood type thing, right? Oh, where yeah. You get this charismatic hero who doing what the people want, basically. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the most interesting thing was the uh, dance scene with Sonny Leone. Yes. With a big gunfight that Shah Rukh's involved. That was cool, and it was cool to see her in a higher-profile project. It was well-edited. It was well-choreographed. And Sonny Leone looks great. Like, that that scene had excitement and momentum. Yeah. And it really stands out from the rest of the film, which just, which just kind of hung there. Yeah, a listener told me that that... Well, I think a, I think a listener... Uh, John Watson on Twitter, I think he listens or just talks to me about Bollywood stuff, but he said that that, uh, that dance scene is actually based on an 80s film, mm-hmm. so they're t- replicating uh, another uh, dancer's role from 30 years ago mm-hmm. and integrating it into Raiz, because that's when the movie takes place. So I'm interested to seek that out. I've got the video to check out, but uh, yeah, um, I think the ending of this movie is preposterous. I've gotten into some arguments with people about it. I don't want to spoil it, but... 
what Nawazuddin Siddiqui does, I feel like he, even in a sort of corrupt uh, justice system, there's no way you get away with that. Yeah. No possible way. Yeah, I think I had really high expectations because the trailers were really solid, and you see Shah Rukh Khan with that eyeliner, and you just think, yes. Yeah, he looks very intense. Like, yeah, menacing Shah Rukh Khan. He's going to be like, yeah, there's going to be some intensity. He's going to be like bad, right? He's mm-hmm. not going to be like this lovable romantic hero. Mm-hmm. And instead, it just kind of really, like, the film really got away from itself. It just kind of meandered and didn't have a lot of forward momentum and just yeah kind of hung there. And I, you know, in the end, I was disappointed. And I was disappointed that Myra Khan didn't get more to do mm-hmm. um, because I really like her. And so I'm not sure if we'll see her in Bollywood again. Yeah, they still have I that uh, so. problem with the Pakistani artists. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, following Raiz, uh, a surprise <laughs> box office success, Jolly LLB2, directed by Sapash Kapoor and starring Akshay Kumar and Huma Qureshi. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to see this one. It is interesting, Matt. It's a, it's a sequel, right? Well, I have no idea. A I haven't spiritual seen, sequel, maybe? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> potentially. I haven't seen Jolly LLB, uh, but Jolly LLB2 is a film completely contained um, unto itself. So, mm-hmm. And it, from what I understand, actually, Kuma was not in Jolly LLB, so I don't know hmm. if this character was in the first film. I know nothing about the first film, but I have yeah. seen this one. It's a kind of courtroom dramedy satire. Okay. So, I'm actually, Kumar plays uh, an up-and-coming lawyer who really kind of wants to have his own practice and is trying to get the money to set that up. His father spent his entire career kind of under the thumb of another lawyer, kind of, you know, as his assistant. And actually, Kumar's character really wants to rise above that and make his father proud. So in order to do that, he manipulates Sani Gupta into giving him all of her money so that she can push forward this case um, relating to her husband's death. But he uses the money to his own means, doesn't push her case, and as a result, she ends up committing suicide. Huh. It's a little dark. <laughs> so, actually, Kumar feels extremely guilty about this. He and probably should. does decide to take up the case as a result. Huma Qureshi plays his wife. She gets very little to do. I love Huma Qureshi. Why is it that she gets so little to do in this film? I'm not mm. too sure. It's totally all over the place, but I can kind of see why it connected with audiences. It's so are we supposed to like, uh, actually, Kumar's character in this? Certainly by the end of it you are. Like, huh. it's it's a redemption narrative. Okay. And it is, I think potentially if I knew more about the Indian legal system... Something we- that has bedeviled <laughs> us since starting this podcast is the Indian legal system. Does it make sense? No. That not, not as far as we could tell. Yeah, if I understood it more, maybe I'd understand more of the jokes. But I, I do see why this connected with audiences because it, it's on one hand really light on its feet and really and goes down really easy. But it's also about you know something serious, um, mm-hmm. and it's got some meat to it. So it's kind of like the best of both worlds. Hmm. So I should check that one out. You think? Um, 
Um, yeah, maybe when we do a courtroom episode, we'll we'll plug that in there. It is. It was really well received, and they are going to make a third one. We could probably just do courtroom movies <laughs> featuring Akshay Kumar in them. <laughs> we could. We could. Rustam, this one. You we know? could. Yeah. After that, we have Running Shoddy, previously titled RunningShoddy.com. However, the real RunningShoddy.com, like, forced them to change the name of the movie. Hmm. Well, you know, that's going to happen. <laughs> so now it's just Running Shoddy. Uh, directed by Amit Roy. It stars Amit Saad. He was the uh, young kid who was, like, setting up the mixed martial arts fighting group in Sultan. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's great. And uh, Topsy Panu. No, we from like her, yeah. Pink, yeah. yeah. So Amit Saad plays a, you know, kind of a young kid who's looking to kind of, you know, make a life for himself, develop a career. Uh, he was working for Topsy Panu's father in his sari shop, but ends up getting fired and then kind of has to go out on his own. So he starts a um, service, an online service, where couples who's uh, families are protesting their marriage can sign up and then he will help them get married kind of uh, uh, elope essentially he'll so help you them get elope. secret marriages yes yeah, secret marriages and huh. then come that's, back to the family that's and interesting. hopefully hopefully they are <laughs> they accept you hopefully you don't get kicked out of the house or yeah. worse happens to you um topsy panu as i mentioned is the daughter of his ex-employer who he has a huge crush on. Well, who wouldn't? Really? And in the opening of this film, she finds out that she's pregnant and he helps her get an abortion. Huh. That's and interesting. he still thinks the world of her after this. He still adores her. And it's a really, like, beautiful scene. And so I thought, wow, this is going to be a really progressive <laughs> but, then, ro- but like, then what happened? Bollywood <laughs> romance. But then about the midpoint... It started to get a lot more typical. Mm-hmm. And there's something that happens kind of midway through that is related to the abortion that really disappointed me um, personally, where the the doctor who performed the abortion comes into the sari shop and Tapsi Panu's father introduces the two of them and then she tells her father um, that she performed an abortion for Tapsi Panu's character. Mm. That seems like it's violating some sort of doctor-patient privilege. It really does. And, I mean, I'm sure that does happen for some people. Um, But it just, it kind of disappointed me because I really liked how um, this film opened with this this event. And and I thought thought it was going to show, like, a really positive portrayal of, like, um, of, you know, of abortion. (laughs) Hmm. I mean, it's and not, that might be difficult. It's not called running abortion. No, I know that might that might be difficult for for some people. But I I thought it was really progressive, and then I just it coming back in the story in this way, then just set up I think a lot more kind of typical shenanigans. So then they want Tapsi Panu's character to get married, and so she wants to get married to her boyfriend, and so she brings Amit Saad in to kind of help them run away and get married, and. You know, I I still enjoyed it. I just thought that there were elements about this film that really could have been better. Hmm. You know, like I, I think it had a lot of potential. Uh, I think Ahmed Saad and Topsy Fender though are fantastic, and hmm. they they play off one another really well. So there's still like a lot to like about the film. I just think ultimately 
it didn't deliver on the promise of this really progressive kind of different kind of Bollywood rom-com that I wanted. And I can't always like fault a film for not doing exactly what you want. You're not exactly Exactly. the target audience. Exactly. It's still fun. It's still fun. So next up, uh, we have Rangoon, which I watched on an airplane. (laughs) Uh, Directed by Vishal Bardwaj, one of our favorite directors on the show here. Mm -hmm. And starring some of our favorite actors, uh, Kangana Ranawit, uh, Saif Ali Khan, and Shahid Kapoor. This was also a film that was supposed to come out last year, but got delayed till this year. Yeah. I really like this movie. Me too, man. Um, I'm sad that it wasn't just a huge blockbuster, because I feel like this thing has crossover potential yeah. and you know i learned about a different uh, part of world war ii and mm-hmm. great musical numbers great costumes interesting story uh so it takes place during world war ii where there is sort of a second front opening up against the british in the area who they're fighting the japanese uh there's you know japanese attacks but also a nationalist uh, indian group uh is Rejecting nonviolence and saying, you know, we're going to take our independence from the British by force. So while that's going on in the background in, uh, you know, in the Rangoon area where the, a lot of the movie takes place, maybe half of it takes place, uh, Kangana Runaway plays a, uh, a movie stunt person, mm-hmm. um, lead actress slash stunt woman slash stage performer. Very much a like Perils of Pauline type. Yeah. Or Hel- the Helen uh, yeah. actress in early Bollywood. Mm-hmm. So she's... Uh, um, she's basically sent on a USO tour type thing mm-hmm. to try and rally the uh, the Indian British troops in the area. Uh, basically, as Saif Ali Khan needs wa- uh, wants to marry her, he's the producer who's moved her through all of her movies, and his father's not so much into that because he's already married. So she kind of gets shunted off on this uh, tour, and uh, Shahid Kapoor plays a really badass soldier who's. Um, her guard on this tour and it turns into a three-way love affair between the three of them love triangle that's the word <laughs> <laughs> not a three-way involving Saifali Khan and uh, Shahi Kapoor and Kangana Ranawit even though that would be very exciting <laughs> um, but uh, they're and very progressive <laughs> yeah extremely progressive and it, it kind of turns into I'm, I know uh, comparisons to Casablanca were coming out when mm. this movie was announced and I don't think it's quite a Casablanca level, you know, um, monument, but it does have that sort of forties, and you know, this woman's torn between two men. Who's she going to pick? The one she knows or the one she just met? Right. Um, and lots of good action. I think CGI was a little iffy at some places, but uh, you know, on the whole, a really entertaining movie. I also really like this movie, and I'm not entirely sure why it didn't connect with audiences. It was a huge flop. Um, but maybe... It's like Bombay Velvet, which we also really yeah, liked. Yeah, yeah. Maybe kind of these more Hollywood-esque uh, period pieces were just a bit more primed to enjoying because we like that kind of stuff in Hollywood movies as well. There's more Hollywood movies I could point to this being like yeah. than Bollywood movies I've seen that I could say, yeah. well, it's sort of like this one. So, yeah, maybe one of the issues is it's just not Bollywood enough. It might but be man, too these, Western, yeah. These dance numbers are great. And yeah. Kangana Ranawit really, really goes for it. This character of Miss Julia is immediately iconic from when she gets on screen. The kind of romance that she has with both Saif Ali Khan and Shahid Kapoor is 
like fully realized and, and you really feel kind of her sense of um, longing and disappointment with Saif Ali Khan and then the passion that she finds with Shahid Kapoor and it's just yeah. like man this is one sexy movie and I guess yeah because of its you know kind of a 1940s-esque themes and I really like movies from that era and this kind of sweeping romance like I was really, I was really into it. There's a lot of fun details, like Saifali Khan's character lost his hand because he yeah. was a stunt guy, yeah. and his hand got run over by a train. So now he has this kind of robot hand that he has <laughs> to maneuver around and make handshakes yeah. and wave, which. Yeah, that's great. And the clashing of these two worlds of kind of the entertainment industry and um, and World War II is really, really fascinating. I mean, this is obviously not the only film that does this. Yeah. Uh, but this is the only one I've seen in Bollywood that really kind of, you know, showcases this era. And I just, I found it moving. I think it goes to a really interesting and empowering place. It gets very nationalistic, but not in a way that uh, I sometimes find forced in other Bollywood films. Like, mm-hmm. it just... I really thought this was something special. Yeah, it's, it's it, one of my favorites of the year so far. It's it's on the same level as Detective Byamkesh Bakshi right. and uh, uh, Bombay Velvet for yeah. period pieces pieces that probably didn't make as much money as I'd <laughs> hoped, but that I really liked and that I would show to people who've never really seen yeah. a Bollywood movie before. They might you know like the actors, they might like the songs. Yeah, you know, this is a good entry uh, film. And from like. From a visionary, you know, mm-hmm. from 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 a clear auteur who really, you know, wanted to bring this kind of grand scale, you know, to the screen, and I really admire that, and I think it's too bad that yeah, it, it's really flopped. Yeah, if you didn't catch this one, it's on uh, it's on Netflix right now. I was able to download it. Yeah. Watched it on my tablet when we went to Toronto a couple of weeks ago. Super fun. Maybe a bit violent to watch next to <laughs> someone you don't know on a plane, but I, I didn't know that. So, you know, be forewarned. But yeah, great movie. All right. Well, Ooh. this leads us to... <laughs> One that has had another mixed critical response. Yes, I think... Um, but a good box office response. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think potentially the most controversial Bollywood film to come out so far this year. Yeah. Badrinath Kitalhania. This is the follow-up to Humpty Sharma Kitalhania. One we really liked. We talked about it in the uh, Ali Abad episode, I yeah. think, right? Directed by Shashank Kaitan, starring Vrindavan Dewan and Ali Abad and all the other players from Humpty Sharma Kitalhania. Mm-hmm. It is a new story. Um, so it's not a kind of sequel to Humpty Sharma Kitalhania, but it's bringing the gang back together to tell a similar story with the same cast. Mm-hmm. So... Badrinath is kind of this uh, spoiled village boy who kind of, you know, thinks everything should belong to him and he's going to get everything that he wants in life. Yeah, his dad is like the chief moneylender in town Mm -hmm. and he shakes people down for their loans. Yes. And this extends to Ali Abbott's character. When he meets her at a wedding, he thinks, oh, she's the girl of my dreams and I want to be with her. And I'm going to have her. No matter what it takes. To Ali Abad, though, extent, yeah. yeah, is not as interested. First of all, she feels that it's important that her sister get married before her. So Badrinath takes it upon himself to find her sister a suitor in yeah. some matchmaking scenes that are absolutely adorable. Yeah, his buddy runs a running shoddy-esque website yeah. about putting people together. Yeah. I think it's more like shoddy.com, actually. Mm. So... 
he sets about to set up Ali Abbott's sister so that he can then himself marry Ali Abbott. But at the wedding that's about to take place, wouldn't you believe it? Ali Abbott runs away because she would like to work on her career. Yeah. And so she goes She seems to, to s- kind of like him, though. Like it's, yeah. It's, it, it sort of becomes more yeah. mutual than it sounds. Yeah. But she does run off during the wedding. Yeah. She runs off to Singapore where she trains to be a flight attendant. Varunda Wan then tracks her down and really antagonizes her. Yeah. Um, things get quite this is, violent. This is the thing that people don't like. Right. This is a really interesting and a really complicated film. I think ultimately it's about toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. And I think the film posits that there is, that you can come back from toxic masculinity. That, you know, if you're raised in a patriarchal environment that is toxic, you are going to believe those things. Yeah. Because if everyone tells you that you're the best and, you know, and you should get anything you want, you're going to feel entitled to feel the best and get anything you want. Yeah. And this is a film where Vermin Dewan has to learn to respect women. I mean, this movie actually addresses that. Yeah. Which a lot of other movies where guys, you know, basically stalk women into marrying them, they don't learn that lesson. A lot of uh, classic Shah Rukh Khan romantic roles. Mm -hmm. I mean, he won't leave her alone in DDLJ, um, which is... You know, yeah. a, a clear predecessor to both of these uh, Dalhania films. Yeah. And, yeah, I I don't know if it quite sticks the landing on that. Um, and it but, goes to some really dark places. I mean, he does outright kidnap her. Mm-hmm. And that's that's hard to swallow. And then, it's, and then when they kind of, you know, want you to buy into um, the love story that she's falling for him. After he's tried to kidnap her, that's... Kind of hard to do, mm-hmm. but it it worked for me. Yeah, I I like this movie, but I completely understand people's objections. Yeah, yeah, that's very similarly to how I feel. Like I I do, I do see where people are coming from, but ultimately I thought like, wow, this is this is really interesting. A film that shows how you know that shows someone learning to respect women, and I think really. Following through with that, mm-hmm. there is a hilarious scene where he goes to see her um, practicing her like stewardess stuff. I, it, gets, it's like, like it's like a water landing, and he gets super <laughs> weepy. Like there she goes, she's telling him how to get out of the plane. This is wonderful, and starts crying. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a bit ridiculous. So this one, your mileage may vary. I mean, yeah, it's um, kind of a hard pill to swallow. It definitely is not the same. Um, Story as Humpty Sharma Kido Hania. Even though, I mean, they're they're a couple shades off of that uh, relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, uh, this one's much less uh, referential to other movies, too. Even though there is a uh, remake of an 80s song, which we're going to play in a second here. Um, It's much more of a village type story and Mm -hmm. then a Singapore story as opposed to uh, the big city life of uh, Humpty Sharma. And then the country life when, you know, he has to go to her parents' place. So, um, yeah, I, I like this movie a lot too, but, uh, yeah, it's, I could see it being a tough sell for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Go in with keeping in mind that it might not be handling this subject with the kid gloves that you might want. And I will say that it's not the worst romance I've seen in Bollywood this year. We will Is that Half that. Girlfriend? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that brings us to Interville. 
We are going to play a song from Badrinath Ketalhania, as Matt mentioned. Uh, this is a remake from a disco song from the 80s. It is Tama Tama Again. So that was a song sample from Tama Tama again from Badrinath Kidalhanya. And before we get back to our rundown of the uh, movies of the year, we want to speak briefly about something that's going on in our neck of the woods, the India Film Festival of Alberta. It's going on from July 14th to 16th here in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And it'll also be in Calgary, Fort McMurray, Cold Lake, and Peace River. We're looking forward to catching a few of these films. Uh, it's Hindi films, Malayalam, Canada, all kinds of different languages. And just the big interesting movies that are coming out in the, the different regional cinemas. Uh, we're hoping to catch uh, A Death in the Gunge with uh, Kalki Kochlin and Ampori. Um, uh, which is the directorial debut of Konkan and Sharma, right? This movie looks great. I've yeah. been waiting for this for a while. It premiered at TIFF last year, and I'm so excited that we're finally going to be able to see it. Yeah, it didn't seem like it got a uh, big release. It's still no. in the festival circuit, so uh, we're going to try and catch that one. Uh, also, I think this is debuting the festival, Lipstick Under My Burka, mm-hmm. uh, also with Konkan and Sharma? Yes. Wow, big, uh, big year for her. Uh, and this one's uh, directed by Alankrita Srivastava. I'm really looking forward to seeing this. It was banned for a while in India. Um, they've kind of reached an agreement with the censor board there, and it is finally coming out. Uh, but it's about a multi-generational group of women uh, who are all Muslim, wear burqas, and their kind of uh, personal and sexual desires and how they live those lives. Hmm. How they live out those lives. It's kind of a companion piece to angry Indian goddesses, maybe. Uh, I don't Maybe. I mean, I think it's going to be feminist and progressive, but um, I don't know if it'll have the same kind of a, a feeling or aesthetics. So I thought that movie was okay. Right, I'm looking forward to this one, though. Yeah, me too. And the other one we're going to try and catch is uh, Newton, which is in English, I think, right? No, it's in Hindi. It's in Hindi? Okay. But it's uh, starring uh, Rajkumar Rao, and it uh, looks pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's directed by Amit V. Masukar, and yeah, it's a, it's a black comedy satire um, looks it really looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, it looks good. I'm looking forward to that. So if you're in the province and uh, interested in catching any of these, uh, check out IndiaFilmFestival.ca for uh, dates and uh, what theaters to go to. But yeah, we're hoping to catch a few of these at the old uh, Metro Cinema. Mm-hmm. So uh, next up we have Falari, which I didn't get a chance to see, but uh, Aaron's going to tell me all about. Yes, this is uh, the latest from Anushka Sharma, so she both stars in it and she produced it. It's directed by Anushai Lal, and it stars my Punjabi boyfriend, Dilji Dashanj, <laughs> um, Suraj Sharma, and uh, Mayreen Perzada. Uh, as always, we're doing our best with names, but <laughs> please, please... Bear with me. If you have pronunciation (laughs) notes, please send them to Aaron. Um, This, I think this is my favorite Bollywood film of the year so Mm. far. 
Um, this film is wonderful. Anushka Sharma plays a ghost mm-hmm. <laughs> um, who is trapped in a tree. And when a uh, young groom comes along, he uh, is forced to marry the tree because of some horoscope superstition where he has to marry a tree before he can marry his bride. And as a result, she pops out of the tree and begins haunting him. So he's married to a ghost then? Kind of, yeah. She ha- she gets to leave the tree because she got married to it. Yeah. Okay. And so the film cuts back and forth between present day um, and kind of this, this young guy dealing with this ghost and also kind of his own anxiety and commitment issues around getting married to, you know, what is essentially like his high school sweetheart. Mm-hmm. Um, and telling Falari, Anushka Sharma's character's story, um, a hundred years ago in Punjab and how she was a poet who couldn't, because she was a woman, couldn't openly, uh, you know, uh, sign her own name to her poems. Hmm. Um, they became very, very popular in her village and Dilja Deschamps plays a musician who... Oh, so he's in the past too. He's in the past, yeah. Oh, okay. Who adapts them to music. And it's just, it's, it's, it's a strange movie. I think this plot would sound strange, you know, mm-hmm. regardless of what kind of film industry it's coming from. But it's so funny and touching and moving and just romantic. And man, this movie really gets to me. I'm tearing up. Like, it's just, it was, it's so beautiful. Mm. And Anushka Sharma is fantastic. I mean, she's always great. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting to me, like, between this and NH10, these are the two films that she's produced, that she's just picking very interesting roles for herself and films that really have something to say about gender and power and women. And it's just, you know, I can't wait to see what she does next from a producing angle. Yeah. I mean, I'm also interested in what she's acting in next. Uh, but this, like, this is really something special. And so I really hope people seek this out because it's well worth it. I haven't seen it show up on any streaming services yet. And it was so. it was in theaters for a week, maybe. We barely had it here. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. But, yeah, it's once it's available, uh, I'm sure we'll tweet about it. It's well worth checking out. Yeah, I want to check it. this one out. Yeah. And I also want to check out our next film because... We were kind of thinking of doing this on an upcoming yeah. episode because uh, it's tied to another film, right? Yeah. We have a string of, uh, of female-led films, um, which, you know, kind of from the outset seems really positive and really exciting, except for I have to say that, you know, a lot of them were really disappointing. So I'll try and get through them quickly. Nam Shabana, directed by Shivam Nair. This is a spin-off of Baby with a Topsy Panos character. Uh, she plays a kind of a anti-terrorist government operative agent. Um, it also stars Manoj Bajpayee, Anupam Kerr, Morali Sharma, and Akshay Kumar, of course. Good, uh, good cast. It's a great cast. I really wanted to like this movie, you know, like an action, you know, a Bollywood action movie with a woman. Like, mm-hmm. who doesn't want that to be good? But unfortunately, it just, it gets really bogged down in its over-convoluted plot. Um, it kind of, we get Tapsi Panu character's kind of origin stories and then kind of a mission that she goes on. 
and it just it really needed to be tightened up. It it kind of doesn't really come together. Does it make you want to see Baby now? It, that, I, that's one we've wanted to do for like an Akshay Kumar series. Episode. Yeah, I do still want to see Baby, and I, I am still curious of, on you know what your take on Nam Shabana would be because I think I think it was a missed opportunity ultimately. Hmm. Um, but Topsy Padu is great; like she's always great. Yeah, she, and she's know, got a, quite a few films this year, too. Yeah, so she is good. kind of quickly becoming, you know, one of my new favorite actresses. I really like her. Um, so after that, Begum John came out. This is uh, directed by Sirjit Mukherjee. It is based on his Bengali film, uh, Raj Kahini. It stars Vidya Balan and Nazaruddin Shah. Another Nazaruddin Shah role too. Nazaruddin, Nazaruddin Shah. Nazaruddin Shah. Yeah. Uh, I was really excited about this. The Bengali film was really well received. This is about a sort of uh, um, uh, house of ladies of ill repute that is on the soon-to-be-divided border between Pakistan and India, right? And yes. they don't want to. They don't want to join move. either country, basically. Yeah. Uh, I have a bit of a correction. When I discussed this film in a previous episode and how I was looking forward to it, I said it was about the partition between Bangladesh and India. So it's actually Pakistan. It is actually Pakistan. The Bengali film, though, was about the partition between Bangladesh and India. Oh, interesting. So for the Hindi film, they've made it Pakistan and India. Oh, I wonder why. Um... Potentially because it allows them to explore something new in this Hmm. one. Um, You learn a lot about the Radcliffe. So it's not based on real events or anything, though? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. You learn a lot about the Radcliffe line. (laughs) um, Sure. Which is obviously extremely important to partition. But, man, this film was so heavy-handed with its visual metaphors. So there's kind of a guy on the Indian government side and a guy on the Pakistani government side. And they're trying to sort out this Radcliffe line. Um, and just kind of establish the border and, you know, they kind of run into this broth and have to figure out what to do with it. And it's just so, like, the metaphors are so obvious. So these two, these two government officials used to be friends as children, but they don't want anyone to know that. No. (laughs) And they're shot, I kid you not, Matt, they're constantly shot with half of their face on screen. Okay. So they're being bisected all the uh-huh. time. Yeah, I, I see where this is going. Oh, and then like you'll get half of one of their faces and half of the other face while they're talking to one another. And it's just like, uh-huh. we get it. It's all like a visual metaphor for partition, but it's yeah. just done in the most kind of obvious, least artistic way possible. And I huh. just like, I really, uh, like this. That's I, this a very movie, specific reason to not like this movie. That's interesting. Well, that's entirely my reason. I think the, like, the movie is trying really, really hard to be very arty in places, and I think just failing. And that's one of hmm. the places where it's failing. Maybe the Bengali one's better. Maybe. Um, the kind of the stuff going on in the brothel could be a lot more interesting. Um, there are some kind of interesting musical sequences um, where characters are there, and then they're not there. And the kind of politics in the brothel are somewhat interesting. But just overall, the movie really just feels like it's Trying no, to do yeah. more than it could possibly can accomplish. Is there a town near the brothel? Like, it's not way just out in the wilderness by itself, is it? Um, I mean, it's a bit... It's like a destination brothel. Yeah, <laughs> well, sort of, yeah. It's a bit away from, oh, okay. from kind of the, the... The prying eyes of the man? Yeah. Okay. It just... And Vidya Balan is the sassy owner yeah, of the joint? Yeah, of the and joint. she's great. Mm. Yeah, and Narizuddin Shah is kind of her um, patron. Mm. Um, and yeah, she's great... But, like, ultimately, this movie is just trying too hard and, 
kind of failing, I think, on the basic principle of, like, presenting an engaging and interesting film. So ultimately, I just think it's a really clunky and on-the-nose film, which is too bad, because I think it really had a lot of potential and could have been something really interesting. Had it just, I don't know, invested in its narrative as opposed to making these larger, obvious statements about partition. I mean, Bagmilka Bog was also about uh, partition in his backstory, and that, yeah. you know, I think that was handled in an interesting way. Yeah. Like, he was kind of like, he was running from his past, basically. Yeah, it's, oh yeah. That That's a metaphor that isn't as uh, quite clear-cut. Well, and it just, it wasn't presented in such a way that was, like, hitting you over the head and just felt like it was distracting from the central narrative all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty traumatic event in history, and you know, largest migration of people ever, that kind of thing. But uh, maybe there could have been a story there. Yeah, exactly. I I am very interested in films about partition. It is an you know an aspect of history that I think um, has had a huge impact, and that there's a lot of interesting stories to tell out of it. Maybe um, not this one though. Well, I think this could have been an interesting story. I just think the way that they went about it is not. Mm. I again, it's it's trying way too hard to be artsy and philosophical and it's not actually like hmm. the movie just feels very unsatisfying so next up we have noor which is a romantic comedy featuring a youtube celebrity yes uh this stars sanakshi sinna and canon gill from mm-hmm. uh pretentious, pretentious movie reviews yeah oh. we we uh we like that that channel quite a bit and yeah. He's obviously going on to bigger and better things and hasn't really done it for a while. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we we enjoyed uh, his reviews, um, the parts that we were able to understand anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's directed by Sunhill Sippy, and it's based on the book Karachi, You're Killing Me by Sabah Imtiaz. I I don't have much to say about this film. It's it's disappointing. I was really excited, you know, for this movie where Sanakshi Sinha plays this, you know, Noor, this feisty young reporter. Is she going to have a, like... Breakout hit anytime soon? I hope so, but this is not it. Like it hmm. gets, it gets kind of uh, completely derailed by this kind of organ transplanting. Um, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what it, that's what she's investigating is an organ stealing ring. Yes. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. So it just kind of goes. <laughs> is that to, did that uh, is that real? <laughs> I'm sure it is real, huh. but it kind of wow. like it goes to kind of I think. Uh, a darker place That's than a you curveball. want this kind yeah. of um then you want it in this kind of upbeat film. Hmm. Like Interesting. it just it just the things seem at odds with itself. Like on one hand it wants to be this kind of um comedy of errors about Noor and kind of her love life and always and kind of never getting the like interesting stories she wants as a reporter and then it gets you know, completely sidetracked by this organ transplanting Well, she conspiracy. did give an interesting story, it sounds like. <laughs> well, and then just kind of, and the mistakes that she makes that cost other people their lives. And it's just like the whole thing really kind of starts to feel like a drag. And it doesn't, like, if you want to make a movie about, you know, the issues surrounding organ transplanting, you know, um, and the black market of organ transplanting, then, uh, then make a film about that. Yeah. Um, don't try to make a film about, like, you know, a plucky young reporter. <laughs> it just, like, it's really at odds. Huh. It doesn't work. That sounds yeah. interesting, but, uh, yeah. But Cannon Gill's great. Cool. And okay. I, I have seen him more. Um, okay. Well, now I have something positive to talk about. Mary P.R.E. Bindu. This is directed by Akshay Roy, and it stars 
Ayushman Karana, and Paraniti Chopra. I had zero expectations of this from the trailer, Matt. Featuring Alan Mott's favorite actress, yes. uh, Paraniti Chopra. I was not looking forward to this. I kind of wanted to It looks a little cheese ball from the trailer. It's great. Huh. It's like, this is really like one of the kind of bright spots so far this year. Like this movie kind of came out of nowhere and it really surprised me. And it's just like, this is the rom-com that I've been looking for all year. Hmm. It's a lot of fun. Paraniti Chopra plays this kind of free-spirited singer. Um, Ayushman Karana plays a kind of pulp novelist, and she's the one who got away, and he kind of narrates the whole thing about his relationship with her and how he is in love with her. But it's not Manic Pixie Dream Girl-esque. Like, it, it, it has it elements It definitely has that. that. In the trailer, it seems like she's definitely a Manic Pixie Dream Girl. It has elements of that, but it goes to a place that I think is really... Um, respectful hmm. and just and really refreshing and I don't want to say where it goes but it looks a little bit like two states maybe as well with him narrating how their relationship went sure sure but hmm. I, the relationship goes to very different places than it does in two states I don't want to give too much away but um, Ayushman Karana is great hmm. I'm really looking forward to seeing him in more things he you know I hope he gets a lot more kind of leading roles like this because he's you know he he's got it, mm-hmm. um, and I love that he's like this pulpy novelist. <laughs> yeah, that's um, it. you don't see that too often in uh, Hindi films. Yeah, I think he's supposed to be a bit like a Chetan Bhagat kind of character. Mm. Um, you know, very popular pop novelist. Um, and Piraniti Chopra, you know, just really like really sparkles on screen. I hmm. I hope I hope this kind of means that she's going to come back and do. You know, interesting things again. I Apart from a, talking about working out all the time. Yeah, and I don't have a lot of hope for Gomal Three, but hopefully, whatever she does next after Gomal Three, will you know, will showcase just how refreshing she can be and just sparkling. And it just like this. This is a really, really great rom com. Like hmm. this is, and this is what I want from you know my my Bollywood rom coms, and and it is. Um, progressive. I, I don't want to go again to like where the story goes, but I was really impressed and really moved, and I just I thought it was a fun time. Is that this year's Beth Cray? Uh, maybe. I mean, people, maybe we're in the minority on liking that one a lot. Yeah. I think, but uh, other yeah. than Filari, it's the best romance I've seen on screen so far this year. And hmm. I just yeah, it's it's a really like sweet and touching and breezy film. It's really enjoyable. I highly recommend it. Next up, we have a movie that we thought was going to come out a long time ago <laughs> because we actually recorded an episode to go alongside of it. And yes. then it took its sweet-ass time getting here. Yes, this is Sarkar 3, uh, the latest in the Sarkar franchise, possibly the last film in the Sarkar franchise, uh, from Ram Gopavarma. Check out our episode on the first two uh, if you're interested on in those. Yeah. But uh, how did the, did the trilogy end in a good way? Uh, it ends in kind of the same way. Oh. Sarkar uh, sitting in a room plotting revenge, <laughs> as he often does. Kind of, yeah. So does this, someone new become the Sarkar in this one as well, and then this, this thread is dropped? Sort of. I will say it doesn't end in the same shot that the last two end in. Hmm. Um, and Ashraya Rai Bachchan is, like, nowhere, like, not even referenced in this film at all. She's that's not so, in it, not even that's referenced. That's really weird. So, like, the promise of her being the new Sarkar from the second one, like, does not come to fruition at all. That, okay, fine, whatever. So, once again, stars Amitabh Bachchan and then Amit Saad from Running Shahid and Sultan. 
Uh, Jackie Shroff, Manoj Bajpayee, Yami Gotam, and Ronit Roy. That's a good cast. It's a great cast, but it's like, it's a boring movie. Huh. It, you know, if if Sarkar 2 didn't do it for you, Sarkar 3 is really not going to do it for you. It's so I bad. Say, I mean, Sarkar 1 was good. I know. I would I would watch Sarkar 1 again, but yeah, Sarkar 2 really uh, just, uh, you know what it was? Katrina Cape leaves the movie, and then <laughs> they just go downhill. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's more of the same thing. So mm. if you like the previous one, you'll probably like this. I will say Jackie Schraff has excellent sunglasses. Well, he's always <laughs> cool. I don't know. I, I always like him. Uh, this leads to, I think, probably my least favorite film uh, so far this year, Half Girlfriend. Out of Bollywood. Yeah. yeah. Half Girlfriend. Um, this is directed by Mohit Siri. It stars Ajahn Kapoor and Shraddha Kapoor again. Everyone's favorite Shraddha. And it's based on a novel by Chetan Bhagat. And I just, like, where to start with this film? There's so many things that I hate. So this is um, the one that's actually a pox on humanity, where Badranath Ki Delhania maybe just poorly thought I out. think so. I mean, there's a scene where Ajahn Kapoor essentially, like, assaults Shraddha Kapoor and tries to force her to have sex with him. And she says no. And, like, this is never addressed for the rest of their romance. Like, we're just supposed to, like, hmm. forget about it. We're just supposed to, like, think that, like, oh, boys will be boys. Whereas in Badranath Kinohania, it does address his toxic behavior. It does address, yeah. you know, the things that he, huh. his, his kind of reactions and his anger. This is not addressed. Like, all these kind of his college roommates... I'll tell him, you know, like, oh, you should be sleeping with her when, like, she doesn't want to be his girlfriend. She only wants to be his half-girlfriend because she can't, like, fully commit to a relationship. And then... That's stupid. She wants to take a nap, and he, like, crawls into bed and tries to force her to sleep with him. And I'm just like, this Mm. is not cool. This is not okay. And this is, like... If you're going to put this in your film, you have to address it. And they don't. And then it doubles down on my least favorite trope um, of any film... I don't want to spoil it. I think you should. It's the I don't same. Know. No one, no one cares about this. Just say it. It's the same reason why I hate uh, the ending of Adelheim Mushkil. It's the same reason why I hate Love Story. Yeah, Love Story came out in the seventies, and uh, you think people would have learned uh, that this is a shitty trope? Yeah, but it doubles down on it. So it's like, what? She's super cancer. <laughs> It's, I'll say it. I, I, fuck it. Who cares? It's fake cancer. Sorry, sorry, Cease. I swore again. But fake. All oh, right, fake cancer. It's fake cancer. So it's like she runs away to New York to like live out her dreams of being a singer. There's a lot of singers. I mean, um, if she really wanted to get away from Archie Kapoor, I mean that kind of makes sense. Yeah. So she says she has cancer, and then it turns out to be fake cancer. So not only does like the girl have cancer. But then she's lying about the cancer? Well, maybe if she just wanted to get away from the guy. It kind of makes sense. I don't know. No, it's because she doesn't think she's, like, worthy of her or whatever. This movie, oh, that's stupid then. Just don't watch this movie. It's terrible. I really love Arjun Kapoor. This is awful. Watch Gone Girl instead. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's just... Uh, there's a lot of basketball in it, and I do I do like basketball. And that's a basket. <laughs> All right, all right. Um, on to better things. Hindi Medium. This uh, one I really wanted to watch and also did not stay in theaters long. No, it's been in theaters for a while. Oh, it's still on? Um, I think it just left. Ah, oh, damn it. Okay. But it's been in theaters for yeah, a while. Yeah, we've, we've been busy the past couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, family reunion, work stuff. So I wasn't able to get to the movie theater in a while. But right. I, I do want to check this one out because 
uh, home run from Irfan Khan as per usual, right? Yeah, the, and this has been a bit of a sleeper hit. This has surprised a lot of people, and it's done really well. And that like makes me really happy because it's a really good movie. So this is Hindi medium, uh, directed by Sakit Chaudhry, starring Irfan Khan, Saba Kumar, and Amrita Singh. Oh boy, uh, it's about kind of a good plot synopsis. Uh, <laughs> you told me this plot, I'm like yeah, I want to yeah. see that. It's about a bit of kind of like a, a nouveau riche family. So Irfan Khan plays uh, a sari shop owner, and he's another sari shop owner. Everything's just coming together here. Yeah, yeah. he's kind of a, he has a bit of a rags to riches story, and is married kind of a. The, the love of his life, the the girl that he kind of grew up mooning over, and mm-hmm. they have a young daughter. And in their kind of middle-class community, they're doing really well for themselves. Mm-hmm. His wife wants their daughter to go to the best preschool imaginable because she wants their daughter to have all the opportunities that she didn't have in life and doesn't want people to look down upon her for a lack of an, you know, lack of a proper education. Sort of like English of English then? Yeah, I guess. Um, and so they move to kind of a more affluent community and then hire this like, um, consultant who's going to get their daughter into the very best preschool imaginable. Well, she doesn't get in. They put on all these airs and she doesn't get in. Hmm. And then they find out that there are certain spots that are held for underprivileged and poor children. Mm-hmm. So then they move to the slums <laughs> and pretend to be poor to try and get her in. So it's a it's a dramedy satire of the kind of socioeconomic system and you know the, the lengths that parents will go to to support their children while kind of uh, uh, disregarding you know their communities and you know and everyone else. Uh, it's really, really good. It's got a lot of heart. It's very, very funny. It's got a really positive social message. And it's just like, it's a really fun watch, you know, to see these kind of affluent people go to the slums and at first kind of like get rejected by the the people around them because they're newly poor. But then like they really form... <laughs> they're nouveau poor? <laughs> nouveau poor. <laughs> And then they really form a relationship with a family there. And it's just like, it's a really, it's a really touching film. It's really funny. And Irfan Khan is great. He can do anything. (laughs) He can do anything. Yeah. Speaking of someone who can't do anything. (laughs) Yeah. It's Ravta. (laughs) Ravta, yes. Yeah. So we We saw this film in uh, Toronto with a good friend of the show, Shashahid. Yeah. So, uh, you could skip this one. Um... I guess I should say more about it. But yes. uh, yeah, Rob to directed by Dinesh Vijan, featuring Sushant Singh Rajput, Kriti Sanan, Jim Sarb, and Raj Kumar Rao for some reason. <laughs> um, and yeah, this had a great trailer. It did, yeah. A very exciting trailer. Uh, yeah. It purports to be a romantic comedy. I feel really bad because I picked that we go see this over Hindi Medium when we were in Toronto. Yeah, and then you went to go see Hindi Medium. Because I had already seen Hindi Medium. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Sushant Singh Rajput and uh, Kriti Sanon live in Budapest, right? Yeah. The place where they live matters in not a single way at all for the plot. But uh, they have a meet cute. They, you know, they're both a little bit manic, I'd say. You know, yeah. a little bit over the top. Not quite as good as Beth Gray, but whatever. Um, Jim Starb shows up as a millionaire industrialist <laughs> who owns a private island. 
and is privy to the reason why uh, Kriti Sen's character has strange dreams at night. Mm-hmm. You see, Aaron, 800 years ago, <laughs> the same meteor was flying by as it was in the modern day. Uh-huh. And back then, all of the actors were different people <laughs> also in a three-way relationship. Three not, way? not in the exciting way. No. In another uh, love triangle. Not a three-way... Again, that would probably make this you movie better. Three ways on the mind. Apparently, I just can't use my words. <laughs> anyway, in eight hundred years ago, uh, Rajput's character is a sort of I don't know Dothraki <laughs> uh, barbarian type guy. And Pindari, maybe. Maybe a Pindari guy. It it is difficult to tell <laughs> if this takes place in actual history or not <laughs> because. This sort of magical kingdom that Kriti Sanon is in charge of, and Jim Sarb is like her master at arms or something. Yeah. Like he's the head of her defense. She's the queen of this place. Um, when going to fight uh, Rajput's character, they fall in love. Barbarian and civilized woman, and Jim Sarb will have none of it. So you get cutting between these two eras, and. No, well, not quite, because you get like. Modern era, modern era, modern era, yeah. modern era. Well, then there's flashback. Yeah. modern era, modern era. And the, you get the dreams of remembering yeah. like what happened. It would have been and a lot more successful had it cut be- back and forth between them a lot more. Well, I don't know. I mean, it it did. Or if it was a completely different film. If it was a completely different film, yes. Um, it kind of does. This story's been done better before. Om Shanti Om, or something like Cloud Atlas. Uh, these movies have done the lovers separated by time and circumstance in a much more interesting way. Or maybe even like uh, the the lake house or something like that. Oh, God. Uh, Like, there's been versions of this sort of story done before and done better. Yeah. Um, This movie, the problem is that it doesn't do the historical fight scene cool time as well as, say, I don't know, um, a movie set back then, as, as well as Bahubali 2, for instance, we're going to talk about in a minute. Yes. Um, it doesn't do the time period uh, exciting stuff very well. And then it also kind of does a boring job on the modern day romance. Mm-hmm. And had one of those aspects been done well, I think I would have been more kind to this movie. But I was bored during the Budapest <laughs> romance. I was bored during the uh, back in time scene, although it was a little bit more interesting. And I was bored at the uh, cl- climax. Rajkumar Rao is absolutely wasted <laughs> under yes. 400 pounds of makeup to make him into... I mean, I, I saw this somewhere. I think I saw it online. But he's playing a 300-year-old man who is sort of the uh, the spiritual leader of uh, Rajput's barbarian group, I think. He's like a magician, maybe. But... This is not addressed in the film. Like, we don't know that he's actually that old. And he doesn't really serve a purpose apart from predicting that, uh, you know, all of this will happen again. Yeah. But, like, that was one of the big selling features on this. Is like, oh, what's... This is weird. Does it take place in the future? Why is he 300 years old? That's interesting. This is not addressed. No, it it was really disappointing. It had a great trailer that was full of energy that made you really want to know, like, what is this movie about? It had, a great, it had a great twist in the trailer because it said, from the makers of these true romantic yeah. films, and then also, but the poor. Yeah, so I was really expecting something, like, really dark and romantic and edgy, and it just 
totally flopped and Yumi and Shaw totally turned on this movie. We got very, very salty in the theater. We did we didn't go much more than ten minutes into it before realizing like, oh, okay. <laughs> this is not gonna be good. Yeah, it uh it's it's a mess. It's a mess. And it's, it's, I mean, it's kind of one of those messes that you have to see to believe, but why? Why would you waste your time? Yeah. We wasted our time, so you don't have to. Watch Om Shanti Om again <sighs> if you want Star Cross Lovers with time between them. I mean, that movie is just fantastic in every single way. Yeah. Uh, this one yeah. doesn't even stick the landing on the swords and sorcery, much less the. Uh, uh, romantic comedy. I still believe in Kriti Sanon, though. I still think that, like, she has it, um, despite the fact that she hasn't been in a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> despite all evidence to the contrary, you do like this actress. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, Give it a pass. Uh, so that brings us to our last film of the episode. This is a this is a big one, Matt. This is Salman Khan's big Eid release, Tube Light. Yeah. <laughs> Directed by Kabir Khan and starring Salva Khan and Sohail Khan, as well as the Chinese actors Zuzu. This is a remake of the Christian film Little Boy about World War II. From a couple years ago? Yeah. Yeah. A movie I have not seen and will probably never see. I know that uh, Shah Shaheed and Kathy Gibson are going to be doing an episode of okay. the Split Screen podcast comparing the two. So I'm going to hold out for that because from what I've heard... This movie is a gong show. Oh, my God. This... I really like Kabir Khan. And yeah. I We think, love Bajani Bajan. Yeah. Yeah. Love... Kabul Express. Phantom, you know. Eh. But, uh, you know, I haven't, said, I haven't said he has made a bad movie yet, but now he apparently has. It's... This is not good. So, it's set during the 1962 Sino-Indo War. Mm -hmm. uh, so, it was a war with China. And Sohail Khan plays Salman Khan's younger brother, who has to go off to war and Salvacad stays behind because he can't go to war because he is slow. He yep. is a tube light. He is slow to come on. Yeah. He's he, a simple character. He's a very simple character. He's a like road 50-year-old man essentially playing a little boy because he has a mental disability. And while he stays behind, he wishes and wishes for his brother to come back. Shirekad comes to town to kind of convince him that he has superpowers. Yeah, he's a magician that goes around yeah. and essentially tricks uh, yeah. <laughs> people into thinking they're, they have powers. Yeah. Uh, and a Chinese family, uh, mother and son, move to town. That's and a really bad time to move to town <laughs> yeah. during a war. Well, and they're not, they're not from China. They're Indo-Chinese. So okay. they are of Chinese descent, but they are from India. Yeah. And they move to town because they've been ostracized elsewhere. Makes and sense, yeah. they get ostracized, you know, in this town as well. But Salman Khan befriends the little boy, and the two of them have adventures. And then, like, you know, eventually everything resolves itself. And uh, work boots feature prominently in it. So Hail Khan wanted to buy a pair of work boots, but couldn't because they didn't have the money. So then, like, that's why he joins he, the army. Is because no, but then he gets boots. a pair of boots when he's in the army. But then. Someone takes his boots and then they, they think he's dead and work boots and Sabakon buys a new pair of work boots for when he comes home. He apparently has them tied around his neck for a portion of the film, looks yes, like. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is bad. This is real bad. Real bad. Yeah, I'm not hearing uh, a lot of positive stuff about this one. I will say, you know, it's set kind of in the mountains. It looks pretty. looks pretty. Interesting historical conflict I had no idea about. Yeah, but they don't, like, do anything with the historical crop. It's just it's just all set dressing, 
for this stupid and I think insensitive performance of Samakas. It Interestingly, though, as I understand it, in the American version of the movie where it's a 10-year-old or something whose father goes off to fight World War II, it insinuates that he calls upon the power of God himself to blow up Hiroshima so that his dad could come home. Okay, no, that's not quite it. But, like, he, he apparently has this power to move mountains. His yeah. name is Little Boy. That was the name of the bomb. Yeah. I mean, it seems like someone is pulling for, you know, the good old U.S. of A. Like, that seems faintly insulting. Yeah. Yeah. I gather that both of these films are offensive on some level or another. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's not quite... I, I think this one has maybe a more peaceful message than what you're telling me about Little Boy, but... Like, inserting this sort of sweet narrative into historical events... Yeah. ...is problematic, to say the least. It is. Especially in a faith-based picture, because... In uh, the case of the uh, Christian film Little Boy. Yeah. Because that implies that someone is on the side of right and someone mm-hmm. isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I... I was interested in this one. Maybe I'll check out the musical scenes. But, uh, yeah, I don't know about this one. Oh, there is quite the musical scene between uh, Salman Khan and Sohail Khan uh, that gets a little bit uncomfortable in the... Just like, man, these brothers are close. They are close. Is it on the same level as the Perinda Let's Be Babies dance? Because <laughs> that was an interesting one, too. It's it's up there. So that covers all the major Bollywood releases so far this year. We didn't cover all of the releases. Obviously, there's some independent films like Traps that we haven't had the opportunity to see yet. That one looks really good. Yeah, really looking forward to that. Um, if we, you know, let us know. What was your favorite Bollywood film so far this year? Did we talk about it? Didn't we talk about it? If it was too blight, we're sorry. <laughs> We did see a couple of non-Hindi Indian films that we have liked quite a bit that we do also want to highlight. Mm-hmm. And those are Angamali Diaries and Bahubali 2, The Conclusion. Yeah, Angamali Diaries is actually my favorite movie of the year so far. Mm-hmm. Um, directed by Liho Pose Pelisseri and features a bunch of, uh, you know, actors I haven't really heard of before. Yeah. I don't watch a lot of Malayalam movies, but I think I should, because this mm-hmm. was amazing. Um, it takes place in South India, and it's sort of like if Boys in the Hood was about running a pork stall. Yeah. Um, it's it's various uh, guys in what they call teams, um, which is sort of like your neighborhood gang. And um, much like in a lot of American gangster movies, it's a... Uh, a kid growing up and the the local gangster in town, he idolizes him, learns from him. That guy gets taken out and then he kind of ascends to take over. But it's it. I wouldn't say it's a gangster movie so much. It's more of just an interesting um, level-by-level look at society in this place. Mm-hmm. Because running a pork stall and selling, uh, being a butcher, selling meat is like the best job and you get to be the cock of the walk in town. And one of the things that this movie does is ends with a virtuosic 11 minute long unbroken shot that it's, has to have 2,000 people present. It's amazing. Like yeah. the, the camera work throughout this film is impressive and jaw dropping. And then when it gets to this scene, oh my, oh my. It's just, man, it's really epic. 
Yeah. It's a really funny movie. It's a really it's surprising. raw movie. Yeah. It's 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 well worth seeking out. Yeah, I mean, it, Boys in the Hood, but set in southern India, doesn't really cover it that well, but it's just sort of that sort of story about yeah. young men, you know, finding a place in the world, perhaps a little bit of crime involved. But, yeah, it's fantastic. Device categorization. Yeah. And then the other film uh, that we really, really liked is none other than the sequel to Bahubali, Bahubali 2, The Conclusion, which I'm sure by now, if you're listening You've to this podcast, yeah, yeah. yeah, everyone has heard about if you haven't already seen it. But, oh boy, this did not disappoint Matt. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, you probably all know this already, but it's the essentially the prequel to most of Bahubali <laughs> yes. 1. So mostly featuring Amendra Bahubali, who is the father of Bahubali from the first one. Yeah. Takes place in the mythic kingdom. There's intrigue with Bahubali and his adopted brother. No, he's adopted. Yeah. His, I guess he's an adoptive brother. They're, yeah. they're not related by blood. Uh, their mother, who uh, maintains power using you know conniving ways and is yeah. very interesting political character um her husband who despite his physical deformity is a you know calculating mind as well mm-hmm. a lot of great court intrigues and awesome battles beautiful love story and also with the greatest, Sena, yeah the greatest ship <laughs> yeah. you will ever see in all of movies i demand to travel everywhere in a flying swan from now on yeah um yeah if you haven't seen this movie Block away six hours. Watch them both. <laughs> They're fantastic. And unfortunately, nothing in Hindi cinema has come close to uh, that in Angamali Diaries this year. I don't no. think. I mean, they are both epic in their own interesting way. Actors I've never seen before. Interesting takes on stories that we've seen before. Yeah. Um, if you thought Mohenjo Daro was a good idea, like <laughs> I did, and you want to see how this sort of epic story could be done well, I would check out Bahubali 1 and 2. This was directed by S.S. Rajamuli, who is obviously responsible for the previous Bahubali, but also for Iga, or Maki, which is like an amazing revenge film about a fly. Yeah, awesome uh, movie. Yeah, I just, yeah, like, I can't wait to see what he does next. I can't wait for Bahubali to the conclusion to be available on Blu-ray on streaming so we could just watch both of them and just bathe in, in like, how metal this all is. It's yeah. Prabhas, so awesome. much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, people who are interested in things like Lord of the Rings and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, especially the Thor films and all that stuff, like, check this out. Oh, yeah. so good. Enjoy some world cinema where people are wrapping chains around their fists and punching each other in the face and generally being cool badasses. Yeah. Well, I think that brings us to the end of this episode. We were going to talk about some of the films that we're looking forward to, but we've already ran, I think, quite a long time. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk about them in our end of the year wrap-up. Uh, we will be back in two weeks, and we will be discussing the films of Anurag Basu. He has a new film coming out, Jagat Jasus, with Ranbir Kapoor and Katrina Kaif. It looks like Bollywood Tintin. I can't wait to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in honor of that, we're going to go back and watch Barfi and Life in a Metro and a couple other things. But we're not going to rewatch Kites because yeah. I value my time. We don't get paid <laughs> enough for this podcast to watch Kites again. That movie kind of blew. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, you can check us out on Tumblr, bowitisforlovers.tumblr.com. 
look us up on Facebook. Let's look for Bollywood is for Lovers. Uh, we're at Bollywood Pod on Twitter. I'm at underscore B O W E S. I'm Erin Fraser, E R N E F R A S E R. Uh, you can check us out on all your podcasting platforms. Basically, we're at all of them, but iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. If you're a fan of the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps uh, new people discover the show and helps us in those podcast rankings. Uh, and also subscribe to my other show, Trash Up Movies, that I do weekly with Paul Matwichuk. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you very much for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks.